a freak, I'm an outcast, I'm a shadow. I stand with the lost souls, looking for a hustle. Got a pulse on the streets, I'm the one you won't look in the eye. No. Yeah, well, I can see what's headed for you down that road. And soon it's coming to take everything you know. When the monster crawls out of the sea, you're gonna need somebody like me. All right, welcome to this week's edition of It's All Outdoors, the podcast brought to you in part by our good friends out at Sportsman's Warehouse and Arctic Ice. They're always a click away at Sportsman's at Sportsman's.com and go check out Arctic Ice on Facebook and at Arctic-Ice.net. All right, go check them out. And hey, don't forget, Respect the Game TV. It's all brought to you by all those people each and every week right here. I got Larry McCoy. Larry Mack, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. We're recording a little earlier today, so I'm a little chipper. You're chipper? I'm chipper. Chipper, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, it probably doesn't make sense to you, Dan, but some of our listeners, it'll make sense to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to just move right along. So, uh, Larry, uh, Larry's been all over the place uh, uh, down there in Missouri, so that's why he's chipper. He's, he's anxious to get turkey hunting. I am, too. Our guest this week is Dave Larson. Dave has uh, been buddies of ours for a long, long time. He's one of the owners of Game High Clothing. And uh, I've been, uh, gosh, I've been wearing Game Hide now for, I want to say, probably 17, 18 years, if not longer. Larry, I, I imagine you've been around that around there, too. Um, it's just really great stuff. But I think one of the neatest things that we can talk about with Dave, when, and we'll get into this later in the podcast, but those guys declared war on ticks. And, man, were they successful, Larry Mack. Oh, you ain't kidding. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was excited about this because it's getting that time of year. Uh, and down the south, I imagine the ticks are already showing their little ugly mugs. But uh, but right now, uh, yeah, you know, people out looking for sheds. Uh, there's warm days like this. Uh, yeah, they're going to start to uh, spark in it. And Game Hide has a product that helps keep you safe and and uh, from anybody insect for that matter. Yeah, they they eliminate ticks. Well, but we'll we'll t- it's a limited, but we'll tell you more about that. Dave, good uh, good uh, good morning there to you up there in Minnesota. How's the? Are yep. you are you waiting through snow yet, there, young man? Good morning, guys. Yeah, we still are waiting through some snow, which you know this time of year can be an awesome time to go out. And, you know, get any uh, you know uh, ice fishing in. The guys are still doing a lot of hard water water fishing up here, and um, like Larry mentioned, perfect time to go out and start looking for sheds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just got rid of our snow pretty much. I mean, I'm finding. Well, I got more dog poo than I do anything, but <laughs> I'm waiting for Larry. Larry's going to be up here next week, and hopefully Larry, Ryan, Kent, and uh, Paul, and everybody, uh, Jason, and can get together and we go shed hunt the farm we hunted last year because there's some monsters laying around there. But we had 18 inches of snow, but it should be should be pretty much gone by next week, I hope. Yeah, crazy. I think you guys had more snow there, Dan, in, in – you know, central Iowa than, than we had certainly in the southern part of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Larry, I know, I know we sent a lot of cold spells all the way down through you and gosh, the, you know, the poor folks down in Texas really got hammered. So it's been an interesting month. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, we actually, all of our snow's off. Uh, I'm itching to get out and, and look for some antlers. Uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, it's finally starting to warm up here and starting to feel like, uh, give you that first little taste of spring. 
Yeah, nice warm days. And, you know, one of the things I love to do this time of year, too, is go out and chase some coyotes. You know, they, a lot of the states, you know, have continuous coyote seasons or whatever, but uh, you get the, you know, the sub-zero stuff out of here, and it's a little nicer. And at least up in this part of the world, there's still decent snow cover. Uh, pretty fun time to go uh, go grab a buddy and, and a caller and, and go see if you can find some, some yotes somewhere. Yeah, it was a good it was a good time in Wisconsin too here lately, wasn't it? For it to kill some predators. <laughs> oh, it was, and boy, they they got it done quickly, didn't they? Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised when looking at the quota, you know, keeping up, and I was like, wow, they're there. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they're over. the The DNR is like, we got to shut her down, boys. <laughs> yeah, you guys talking about the wolf season, right? Correct. Yeah, how many? Yeah, Wisconsin. Last I saw it was 53-something. We were talking to Chris the other day, Larry, but what did it end up being? Uh, they, they were at, uh, what, I think 119 or 129 or something. Wow. When, yeah. they, when they were, when they announced the shutdown, but they're, you know, that that is an instant, so they, they know there's certainly more coming in because the guys have got a little bit of time to, to you know, to register them. Yeah, but uh, they weren't quite at quota yet. But they were they got there so darn quick. They decided they better shut her down, or otherwise they're going to go way over. Yeah, and, well, uh, good ma- good sound management. Up, it is. I was uh, fortunate that when I was driving up through the very northern part of Wisconsin, coming out of the UP um, this last Sunday, and uh, and I don't know if a lot of your listeners, you know, our listeners may not know this, but there's there's a pretty decent elk herd up in that. Uh, forest called the Shaquamigan National Forest up in northern Wisconsin, and um, you know the whole the whole wolf deal is is gotten pretty controversial up in that part of the of the state. Um, they're pretty entrenched there, but uh, I was fortunate enough to see a spike in a cow on my drive there, oh, which is cool. pretty cool. Yeah, and it's it's unlike any elk country I've been in because it's just all big forest. You know, a lot of coniferous type forests up there, and and uh, you know, not a lot of remote areas. So they have gone to the extent of putting elk crossing signs that have lights on them and any of the elk that are radio collared and the cow I saw did have a collar on it. It'll set off a signal to that crossing sign and cause it to flash if there's elk. And I don't know what the distance is, you know, within a quarter mile of it or something. So it, it'll get people's attention to, hey, to slow down. There's, there's elk near the road here somewhere. I, that's exciting because I, I, I'm hoping they ever do something up in Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is kind of an enigma to me because there's, it's, such a, it's such a conservational state. I mean, you got tremendous fish, fisheries up there. You got uh, bear hunting. You got deer hunting. There used to be a healthy moose population. Now it's almost, if there is any moose up, left up there, it's in that northeast section. And uh, a lot of it's done because of the predation of the bears and the wolves. And I don't understand why they haven't come around on that, Dave. I'm, I mean, you live up there. I, I know a lot of my friends that live up there are just livid about it. Oh, yeah. And, and we're, we're dying to get that wolf season back. Um, Wisconsin did, in my opinion, as a avid outdoorsman, a great thing in they, where they said if the wolf were delisted off of the endangered species list, they have to have a wolf season. So that's what, you know, that got, that got pulled off. I can't remember what date it was, but like late this last year. Mm-hmm. And because of that ruling, they had to have a wolf season by the end of February, by March 1st. So they literally opened it up just last week because that's all the time that was left by the time they, they pulled that delisting down. But look at, look at what they did in just a few days. Yeah, It just tells you how many wolves are out there. 
Yeah, and yeah, for sure. And the thing is, I mean, even out west, you know, that's been a you know controversy for for quite some time since they reintroduced the wolves out west. I mean, there's they will do over a period of time, a short period of time, they can do a lot of damage to an elk herd, a deer herd. Uh, you know, it's 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 totally something that needs to be in control, in my opinion. I know that it's controversial in a lot of areas, but uh, but being a- active, you know, conservationist and outdoorsman, you know, we're not just hunters. We want to conserve the land. We, you know, those herds are very important to our ecosystem. To to you know, being able to go to Yellowstone and see what you envision, what you see on National Geographic films and all this other stuff, being able to experience that with wolves in there, and if they're not controlled, that goes away. Yeah. Bottom line. Well, it, it all goes back down to carrying capacity. I mean, the land is only going to support so much life. And if you don't have the habitat there and you get overpopulated, you get disease and then they, the predation gets out of hand. I mean, it's just a mess. And that's that's a scientific, I mean, that's a proven fact. It's not a hypothesis. That, that's carrying capacity is a fact. And you just got to, some folks are just going to have to take the emotion out of it. And, you know, we, we we're stewards of the land, right, guys? I mean, you know, we love to hunt and fish, but we're also, we're charged of stewardship of the land and that all goes together. And, and, and you guys hit it then. I mean, most of us, and certainly the three of us, and I think most hunters, they don't necessarily want to want no wolves. We, we, you know what I mean? That's part of the ecosystem as well, but you need to manage them mm-hmm. just like everything else. I mean, man's influenced so many different things and, and they've certainly influenced you know, where the wolves live and how they live and everything else. But we don't want to totally protect that resource because it just, it, it artificially pounds on other resources like the deer and the elk herds. Yeah. Well, look at coyotes. So, look at, look at the urban yeah. sprawl of the coyotes, guys. Look how many people's mm-hmm. pets have been mun- buffy and muffin muffins gotten munched by coyotes that are in the city because they're not managed properly. It's not, it's, yeah. I shouldn't chuckle. It's not funny, but I mean, it's just, you, we all have to take ownership and be stewards of the land. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the thing too, yeah, exactly. The thing too is, uh, you know, you you brought up, you know, us as as people. We, you know, we've been literally we're part of the issue as well because as our population grows, as you know, urbanization grows, you know, people are putting up subdivisions, people are putting up new strip malls, uh, or at least they were. Guess what happens? You know, the you know the animals and stuff that once housed there, you know, they've got to go somewhere else, and it's yeah. really condensing them down to different areas. So therefore, predators, they're going to go to where the food's at as well. It's just a, really about a management practice that that I'm happy to see some of these states stepping up and recognizing, uh, you know, this could be a potential issue and, and trying to do something to get it under control. Absolutely. I wish they'd do something about the cougars because, man, I tell you what, I went to the mall the other day and I had two or three cougars, man, and it wasn't pretty. I, they need to do something about those ladies. Oh come on! You better hit. You better hit a sound effect. You better hit a sound effect button right now, Ben, because we know you're lying. <laughs> Especially with him. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The spot and stalk. Yeah. <laughs> actually, you know what? Going back to what Dave said earlier about the lighted sign, I actually picture in my head dan sitting at a tree stand with a sign right out in front of him and <laughs> him looking down on his phone all of a sudden it lights up oh where's he at yeah, yeah i got one near yeah i, I like that yeah he, he finally has to wake up 
Yeah, I, said, oh, exactly. I better pay attention. We should have <laughs> a system called yeah, a deer alert. I I think that would be a top seller. Yeah. It would be yeah. hey, it would be a, a a vest that Game Hide can make, Dave. That just vibrates. And everyone comes, hey, <laughs> I, I, hey I ain't talking. I am not talking to Dave about vests anymore. I gave him four or five stellar ideas for vests, and he just, just totally just ignored me on them. So forget wow, it. I'm just getting I'm getting beat up, folks. On a yeah on a, yeah. On an item that, I mean, million million dollar ideas. Yeah, Miller. I got your back, Dave. I I've got your back on this one. I mean, we had the go-go gadget <laughs> introductions. Then we realized it was gonna, you know, it was gonna cost about six hundred twelve dollars just to retail it by the time we got got through, <laughs> through it. You know? yeah. and we couldn't figure out how to how to get the antenna to fold down there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're totally out of proportion, folks. It was it was very streamlined, economical, and it would have it would have been a million dollar skew. Trust me. We, we would have all been spending most of our time in our tree stand trying to figure out where we put what because there was four hundred thirty eight pockets on that thing. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. it's like I, I feel my cell phone. Uh huh. It's just like a couple of years ago, Mr. Larson. I get, I told you, you take that hand warmer, that hand muff, and then you put a little uh, plastic deal on the inside so you could slide your phone in there and then just flip your pad up, and then if, that way you don't have to take your phone in and out. And you, well, I can't yeah. do. I don't know if that. And then two years, wasn't even two years later, they had like two companies out with that. Oh yeah, there are a couple of them out. There. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I know. I'm thank little, you. I'm a little, I'm a little old school that way, Dan. I'm, I'm going out in my tree stand to get away from all of that. Well, I got responsibilities. I got listeners, man. Deal. Yeah, I got to take care of my listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so how was your season? How, how, how was we only got like four minutes left now? So how how was your season <laughs> last year, Mister Larson? Uh, I had a great season. I did honestly did more waterfall hunting. Uh, than I probably than anything else. I've got a five-year-old yellow lab that, uh, you know, right in his prime there. So I, I worked that pretty hard. I, I hunted quite a bit over, um, kind of your way, Dan, but over on the Missouri side of, uh, the state of Iowa there, did yeah. a bunch there. I did, a, uh, some in Minnesota and I did a bunch in, uh, in Northwestern Wisconsin. Well, Cody and, had, uh, Cody had a good season. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we always hunt, you know, our, our firearm deer season, we did good. Yeah. I'd say about normal. We had, uh, we had a little with the whole COVID thing. I'm sure other listeners out there had some of those issues too, trying to figure out, you know, some, some folks weren't as comfortable coming into a deer camp, but so we had a little bit smaller camp than we usually do, but um, ended up, I think we ended up with, you know, with five tags filled out of, out of uh, six guys. So that was pretty good. Yeah. That's and good. then my son and, and Cody and my, uh, my nephew, Jake, both st- shot just studs down, down in our farm. And uh, which is really fun to see. Yeah, I got a 170 inch, uh, 12 pointer, and and then my son shot a 153 inch eight pointer. So yeah, they almost um, had a Larry McCoy season. Well, well not quite, but <laughs> yeah, those don't yeah. come long. You got to take them, take them uh, as they come, because I can promise you, I will probably never have the year like I did this past season. But, oh yes, yeah, yes, I saw yes. I saw pictures of those those bucks, and they were yeah, they were some studs. There's no doubt. Uh I was yeah envious of, of that. I was like, man, that looks like a that looked like it was gonna be a. I bet you, I'd just love to be there, especially during the those, you know, during the rut. Just just you know, I love hearing other people's stories and how they were successful, how it all went down. I mean, you learn a lot from other people. And, and, uh, and those you do, Larry. Yep, and those magical days during the rut. And kind of a fun story on my my son's buck. He he got into a stand that morning, 
and you know got in there nice and early and just did not like the wind direction it it, it, it was you know there's there's quite a few hills in that area and you guys know how those those hills play with the thermals and the wind directions and and it wasn't doing what he thought it would do there so he just had a bad feeling got out of that stand and literally walked just a few hundred yards over to this other stand jumped in that stand and uh it turned out to be a right move. He said there were deer all over that other stand, but the wind was going right to them. And, you know, we're, we're big uh, Ozonic believers. So he had all the right stuff going, but you, you obviously you don't want to set yourself up knowing your scent's going to be blowing into an area where those deer are coming from. And it, it ended up working out great for him. And uh, uh, back the buck he shot, he saw two different times earlier that day. And, and for one period, like an hour, over by the other stand he was going to sit in. You could see that stand, but he, uh, he got fortunate and, you know, figured that eventually the thing would work and scent check that, that other side. And that's what he did. So, Man. yeah, that's awesome. All Just works out. The maneuver, maneuver and adapt to, to those situations. You know, it's always fascinating to me. And, and like I said, uh, you learn so much from, from other hunters. That's what's so awesome about, uh, you know, communicating with people. I mean, yeah, our show, we're, we're able to document it. And document some of that stuff, but I, I take a lot of value into going to, uh, you know, like the Iowa Deer Classic, being able to talk to other hunters and and share those stories and and because like I said, I mean, I learned a lot from 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 other people and other hunters and and love just sharing those successful. Things. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and part of the fun, you know, you guys, you know, if those of those those of us that are fortunate to have a private private piece of property to hunt, although I, you know, I do a lot of public ground hunting myself. Um, but in this case, we have a private in there. It, it's been so fun to watch some of the management things, you know, as we were talking about it before, you know, we're, we're all kind of gamekeepers and the fact that we're, we're out there, you know, trying to make our piece of property better wildlife habitat, you know, that benefits obviously the, the critters we like to hunt, but also the critters we don't hunt everybody's benefiting from it yeah. and it's been really fun and, and trying to figure out, you know, entrance strategies to get to these stands and exit strategies that, you know, obviously tip the odds in your favor. And it's all that thought process going into these things and then watch it play out during the season and have it work, you know, successfully is a pretty rewarding experience. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, you talk about entry and exit to stands, uh, I was talking with uh, the folks down at Backwoods Attraction about uh, they've got a product that I tested a little bit uh, through this last year called Incognito. It is what it is. It's a barrier plot, and it goes to about 12 foot tall that you can put, you know, space it out within a food plot or just area. It's very inexpensive. It grows super easy, but it it provides that cover to to help you, you know, access you know some of your hot spots and and stuff without being seen and just get makes you a little bit more covert i was really really pleased with that and just just one example of you know making one little you know move you know and changing something up just a little bit how it can benefit and help you you know yeah that's, right. that's cool I've, I've i've heard of those products very you know there's some sorghums that do that and some mm-hmm. sort of a I forget some kind of a something in the wheat family. I think that grow really tall like that. What an awesome idea because they're annuals, yeah. You know, and obviously we want to make sure they're which which companies, you know, like Backwoods does this to make sure they're they're not an invasive species you're putting in there. They're just an annual that's going to go away. And mm-hmm. uh, what an awesome way to to do that. Not only for entry into stands and or or exits, 
to get out of there. But also I've found a great need for that for places where you might have a, you might have a road come by where people tend to stop and gawk at, a, you know, maybe a food plot you have or whatever. You can use those to kind of, you know, get those people keep moving around and they don't, they, they don't mess up hunts where you're sitting back in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So sure. it'd be, be fun to try and, you know, I've, I've, you know, in the, some of the properties I've been fortunate to hunt, you know, we, you know, cedar trees or, you know, any of the coniferous type trees can work like that, but obviously they take a long time to grow. So you're, you're planting so far out, this thing can be that season. You can put that stuff in, you know, this spring and, and have it working for you this fall. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And building a safety barrier because, you know, everybody talks about, you know, getting, I'm getting pictures of these deer that it's all nighttime. Well, when you can actually put something there to make the deer feel a little safer, uh, whether that's a barrier on the outside so people can't see in or little patches in of that tall stuff within your food plot to where they that covers there, you will start to get more daylight photos. The deer will be more active because they're going to feel safer, safer going there, uh, you know, in the daylight. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I've, I found a, a huge tactic, uh, uh, you know, that I've added to just be able to, like I said, it's in the inexpensive do it grows super easy. Uh, for late season ground blind hunting, it's great cover for a ground blind. Uh, you know, you can actually plant it, you know, put a piece of plywood down and plant around it. So it comes up bare there. That way you can just go in and pop your blind up, snip out your shooting lanes and put it in there for late season. There's a lot of, a lot of really cool ways that you can utilize, uh, that type of, uh, yeah. you know, that tactic. Awesome trick with the plywood. That's perfect. You don't even yeah. have to trim it. You know, it's, you got a nice yeah. bare ground there. That's, that's a great yep. idea. And, you know, yeah. and you guys are doing the same thing, you know, especially coming up to the, it seems like the Iowa deer classic always hits at the perfect time when it's a great time to go out and, you know, as the snow cover leaves, um, you know, all those, all the scrapes are still visible and everything else. It's such a great time to go walk any place you're going to hunt, whether it's private or public and just learn that much more about it. Because yeah, everything's there just like it was last fall. And, uh, you know, you guys mentioned, the, you know, the, the Olympic product. And as we get these warm days, obviously, those, those, it's crazy how fast those ticks will come out. But, um, you know, so be careful with that. And, and I mean that not to sell a Olympic product, but obviously there's, the Lyme disease can be pretty serious to a lot of people. So um, be, be aware and careful in, of, of that, um, that issue out there. But, gosh, what a great time of year to jump in the woods and uh and be able to see what it was like just like last fall and figure out new strategies for stand placements and bedding areas and all of that is so so apparent this time of year yeah well we're getting we're getting into turkey season we're getting into crappie fishing so there's going to be a lot of folks fishing on banks and out in small ponds and lakes and then you got morel mushroom hunting uh coming up so that's the trifecta of the spring and Everybody going out there needs to protect themselves. And uh, that Olimitech stuff, Dave, I've been wearing it for over six years now, and I haven't had a tick since I've been wearing it. And it's just, it works. I mean, I, Larry, I mean, I mean, how many times have you been to different deer camps filming the show and you've had people, you and Ryan or somebody's went out and put stuff up and you come back and you're fine. Everybody else has just ate up from chiggers and ticks. I mean, I know that's happened through several times to you. Oh, for sure. It, it has. And it really it made a believer out of me. I know Dan, you, you were a, a big part of, uh, of, you know, telling us and introducing us to the Olympic product. And, you know, I know that there's probably people out there that are skeptical. Oh, it's in the clothing or, 
uh, with it. But I'm telling you right now, I it it just flat out works, and and we've proven it time and time again in deer camps and turkey camps, and you know going out mushroom hunting. Maybe you don't want to wear you know camo. You know they have you know a khaki work pant and and stuff that's that's going to be protective but like you said chiggers for some reason i don't know why i, I must taste good to them but i used to always get <laughs> eat up with was uh chiggers and since i've been wearing elimitech i'm not dude I'll, I'll walk through anything with, with uh when i've got elimitech on yeah and anywhere you're covered up dave i mean i know you don't promote this enough or talk about it but anywhere that your skin's covered the mosquitoes they'll land on you but they won't bite you either i mean it, it really does protect you very well Yep, and, and you're right, Dan. It is. It's. It's. It affects the insects' nervous systems. Mm-hmm. So if a mosquito lands on you, you know, it it takes him a, a second to get situated there before he bites you. That's enough time that he's off of it. He's just not going to bite you. Yeah. And we found, you know, it, it, you guys are in there, but you know, being in Minnesota, we we uh, we tend to grow a lot of mosquitoes up here. And uh, if you're not covered when the when the hatches are really bad and there's just a really uh, you know high concentration of mosquitoes, they will bite you anywhere if you're not covered. But with the Olympic mm-hmm. stuff with a with a buff or the face mask or whatever, you can keep yourself pretty darn protected from those as well. So that's to me it's a it's a nice add-on deal to, to the Olympic. But what we were really after is because of all the health issues, um, and you you just don't it's not like you walk out there and you can hear them buzzing like mosquitoes. The ticks and chiggers are just there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know where they're at, but they're there. And all of a sudden, you go in there and spend an afternoon or a, you know, shed hunting or a morning turkey hunting or whatever, and you got issues. So um, this product is it just, just like so many people, we were really skeptical when I first, you know, discovered the, the the company that 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 manufactures the the chemical for it, and uh, tested the heck out of it. And it's like, wow, this stuff absolutely works. Yeah, it's late, safe. It's safe for kids. Yeah, ladies, ladies. Everything. Yeah, ladies. If you're listening, they just came out with some new la- ladies' clothing for a limited line in the in the limited line. So it's just not where you have to wear a man's. Uh, you know, go a size lower or whatever. You, they've got specifically clothes for you guys now, our ladies. So. We do. Yep, in in both camel and solids on there and uh and then we came out with that and, and i know you guys have been pestering me to to get them down to you but uh that product is just now arriving so folks can jump on our website and and see it all up there but those buffs will be really handy for uh for turkey hunting and and quite honestly like you said dan for fishing you can throw that buff on and keep the mosquitoes away from your neck and and uh and face yeah i'm a, i'm excited about the buff i I did not, to be for, for perfectly honest, I didn't like the other head net. I just, wore, I have to wear glasses, so it didn't fit me very well. But that buff's going to be awesome. So thanks for coming out with that. Yeah, Dave, he almost, said, he almost said buffet. He said, I'm excited <laughs> about the buffet. Uh, I was like, uh, Dan, we're, we're talking about the limited buff here. <laughs> hey, hey, Mac, I'm just, I'm just happy he's learned how to pronounce it. What? Yeah. So we're, we're doing good now. I didn't say Wednesday yeah. scent. I said a limitic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, real quick, Dave. I know that uh, one question I get asked a lot about when, when it comes to a limitic is, you know, is it safe? You know, with the chemical, with the, with it, uh, and there, and also how long does it last? Is it going to, is it going to go away? My first wash, you know, uh, you know, that's, that, those are commonly asked questions. And great questions. Uh, um, they really are in there. So the safety thing, you'll see if anybody purchases any of it, you'll see an EPA registration tag on there. So this has all been tested through the EPA and 
and it's it's safe for babies, infants, all of that. Um, and it, it it might help to have a little bit of a background. But so this chemical was really f- discovered in a like an African violet or a chrysanthemum plant, and they this is just a man-made version of what they were finding in there. Um, so the thing is safe, and it's it's fused to the fibers of the garment, like all the way through all the fibers inside and out. So the whole garment gets treated with this um, in our process, in the manufacturing process, and it, it'll last the life of the garment. So if you take clothes washings as a as a test on there, it's still 100% saturated through 70 full clothes washing cycles. And this is not getting wet. This is through a full normal cycle wash machine cycle on there. And then, you know, after 70, it'll drop a couple of percentage points you know, between 70 and 100 washings on there, it's still going to be effective. But that's a lot of washings if you think about it, especially for, for uh, you know, there's 52 weeks in a year. You'd be washing them every single week for, you know, the, more right. than a year. And it's still at 100% on there. So it's it's uh, it's pretty much past the life expectancy. And in the, in the apparel world, 70 closed washings is what they kind of, that, that's kind of what your your goal is to make something last. If you can believe it, they they test that, uh, you know, as as a, as a hunting wear manufacturer, it doesn't really play as much for us because, I, you know, we get that I was just pulling out some some items as we're doing product development that I wouldn't wear in for years. And, and the, the one piece was from 2002 that I'm still wearing. Um, so the, the stuff is built to last and and, uh, you know, we're just not going to be washing them to that degree that we ever have to worry about that. Well, I'm too clumsy to have anything left for 2002. I, mine would have holes ripped all through them and everything else. So, so I would I would build the access panels with the, if there was a Limitech back then for for the bugs to try to get in. Uh, because yeah, I'll trip and fall over a fence or whatever. If there's a if there's a down fence or something, trust me, I'll find it. Yeah, I yeah. I, I do that myself actually. So I'm guilty of that. And, and fortunately, guys, for me more of us are like that because otherwise if everything lasted from 2002, I'd probably be out of business, but um, (laughs) (laughs) we need stuff to, to get replaced once in a while, but that actually was, and you guys will appreciate this. That was a vest that we had built in 2002. So we've been working on that project. Sure. I heard that before. So yeah. (laughs) Listen to Dan. Yeah, that's fine. We've heard that before. Yeah. yeah, You had, you had a, uh, a nine page dossier about that we had to look at just to say, hmm, well, okay, we have this, we have this pocket. It can only be a half inch long. Uh-huh. Zipper must go upward. <laughs> uh, this, this is for my, this is for my plastic fork for my lunch. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now it would be the, yeah, now we're getting into it's uh now that's cool segment brought to you by Arctic ice blocks. The best way to keep your cooler stuff fresh is use Arctic ice, the tundra in Alaska, especially I love those. And, uh, folks, uh, we're going to start answering questions here next week. If you want to get uh, on the show, just go to either OutdoorsDan.com or RespectTheGame.tv. Hit us up on Facebook. Um, just get us a question to us. It doesn't have to be anything really crazy. And if you do that and we use it here on the podcast, you're going to win some nice swag. So we'll start doing those next week, and that's courtesy of the fine folks at Arctic Ice. All right. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left, Mr. Dave. Uh, I got it real quickly now. Uh, anything? What's can we can we give like a, a little uh, teaser of what we have coming out for uh, the fall? 
anything new for the fall? Uh, for, yeah, for this fall, absolutely. We can, and you guys got to test, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we played with this last year and, uh, it, you know, got to you guys is it's really a late season item is that, that no chill, uh, suit that you guys were using, um, for anybody hunting late season, it's, it's a pretty great way to stay warm and comfortable without having to bulk up. Um, and it, it, you know, folks can go to the website now and, and see it. It's, uh, it's up on there. Um, so people can see the stuff, you know, that stock. Uh, I, I think we, we, we still have a few, uh, uh, basically, you know, preliminary run, uh, pieces in there for sale, but the bulk of that inventory will come in, in, in this July. So that, that piece is, uh, uh, something pretty intriguing. If you're going to spend all day sitting in a, in a stand looking for that big white tail or, or doing anything else where it's, it's a cold weather hunt, they, they should j- definitely check that suit out. Yeah. I used it. It worked great. Larry. Yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, you know, look at some of the the other body suits that are offered out there. And I used some in Canada years ago. Well, I was really, really pleased with with the maneuverability of it. You know, I obviously we bow hunt a lot. Uh, I, you know, was able to really maneuver well, draw my bow back with with that, and it's quiet. You know, the material's quiet. It's not going to just fall down around your ankles or whatever. You're standing up. It's got straps that hold it up. Uh, so I was I was really impressed with it and super excited about putting it to use, you know, here in the future. Yeah, and Philip Vanderpool actually spent the night in his ground blind in that to stay warm, and he ended up killing a drop tine in Kansas the next morning. He was chasing for forever. So that tells you something about Philip's dedication, but also tells you about the good stuff Game Hide puts out. Yeah, what a sure. what a great story that is. Yeah, you know, to to go in there and we're talking, of, you know, we were talking about entries and entries and exits from tree stands, and and that whole story was about you know Philip not being able to get in there in the morning. So he decided, okay, I'll go in and just spend the night. Yeah, yep. it's pretty cool, man. That's that's a great story. I, there's no way I would have done that. No way. Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. You see that buck he killed off of it. Yeah. I think there's a number of us that might, that might've said, yeah, we can suffer through that. If we get an opportunity to a buck like that. <clears throat> I like Connie's <laughs> cooking too much at triple H outfitters, buddy. There's no way. <laughs> uh, that's a classic. I'm telling yeah, that's, that's the second, uh, my nephew shot a, when you bring that up, I just, uh, I've never personally killed one with a good, you know, I've got some kickers off of a few, but a good drop time, but, my nephew killed a great drop tying buck over in Wisconsin this year too. And, uh, um, pretty cool to see, you know, I have opportunities and, and find character deer like that, Yeah. which I'm sure a bunch of folks will see if they head down to the Iowa deer classic where you guys will be at next week. Yeah. I tell you, I give Philip a lot of trouble, but I, t- I don't know of a, a better bow hunter than Philip Vanderpool. I, I've known Philip for a long time and he's probably one of the best, videographers uh and hunters bow hunters i've ever met in my life and uh you got to get you got to tip your hat to philip yeah yeah absolutely dedicated you know just like you and larry are and and uh you know you just like so many things in life you kind of get get out of what you put into it in many cases and if you're if you're uh, a good a good uh i guess uh deer study guy and, and willing to put that time and effort and and uh you know, and some people like Philip and, and Larry and yourself, Dan, it, you know, you've got that, that instinct, you know, to, to know where to sit and where not to sit and, and when to move and not move. And that's, that makes you great hunters. So, well, um, some but, of us are hunters, some of us are watchers 
and I I excel at watching. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a couple of buddies that would sit side by side with you because, gosh, they have more opportunities to, and just don't seem to get it done. Yeah. I don't know what they. I I think they're I think they're you know using one of your gadgets too often. Not <laughs> hey, I'm just, my God, you know? just just trying to do it right. Larry, Larry was giving me grief. He's looking all of my footage and going, "Why didn't you shoot him there?" Well, I didn't have the right angle. I, I could have shot that in my sleep right there. You, you So I'm, I've been affectionately named the deer watcher of the show. Uh, and and it, you guys have buddies like that. It, it is so true. Some people are just not, you know what I mean? They, for whatever reason, there's probably lots of reasons on there. Sometimes they just don't seem to get it done when the opportunity is there. And it, it's not that they're doing anything wrong. They're just maybe don't have that killer instinct in them. No. Well, I, I like experience. So is what matters, you know, you know, the, the going there, we joke about it and stuff, but I mean, literally it, it's all about that experience, you know, and, and where somebody's comfortable and, and, you know, taking the shot and stuff, you got to be comfortable and, and happy with, with making sure that you're comfortable with being able to execute, you know, I guess, uh, through the shot process and everything. Dan just likes that. He, they look, see deer, naturally look better from behind so <laughs> so he always likes to see that angle first. yeah yeah he, he wants to see that angle when they're walking away hey i, I will say this in 33 years of bohan i have never had an encounter with a buck this i had the same buck come in five different times this last season from grunting and rattling i've never had that kind of and i still couldn't get it done so that's awesome. I was self-filming and you know, listen, I, Larry and them guys give me grief. That's fine. Self-filming and, and doing stuff on a production level is not easy. It's just not. And yeah. bow hunting. It, yeah. And, and the listeners that haven't d- done that, you know, and, and obviously I'm not part of that crew, but I've been, I've been, you know, involved in that stuff enough over the years. It, it adds a whole nother element when you got to worry about what that camera's doing and seeing. Yeah, see, some um, of us, some of us don't have the luck Larry does. I mean, Larry's so awesome that he just exudes it as he walks in and see the deer just trot up and they lift that shoulder and say, "Oh, Larry Mac, just shoot me, please." <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't ride in my truck. I mean, you know, I got <laughs> to, uh, you know, I soak my I soak my clothes and and dopey and and. Uh, <laughs> He, you know, I got I got my own little secret, my own little secret recipes, uh, molasses and stuff. You know, you got to keep things moving a little bit just so you don't, you know, yeah. arms don't stick to your side. But, he puts but that it pure, works. Yeah, he puts that pure whitetail <laughs> yeah. bedded up on his cornflakes in the morning. Yep. Yeah, 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 and then, yeah, exudes that scent yeah. on my pores. It exudes something, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that's fun. That's fun to hear everybody's stories. You know, and it, here from a work standpoint, you know, we I always look at. You know, our job at Game Hide is to, you know, find products or whatever that will help people stay out there longer and be comfortable or whatever we try to do it. So it's it's priced. So a lot of a lot of, you know, folks can afford it. Um, but we really do spend a lot of time trying to think, you know, a ways to manufacture so things are quiet and and, uh, you know, going to going to help you, um, you know, even if you're a little subpar, Dan to help you at least get in <laughs> position so you can you can make that shot before he turns and walks away. But, hey, I always um, say I need all the help I can get. Speaking of help, we're out of here. You guys have rambled so long, we're done. Hey, uh, Dave, if someone wants more information about Game High clothing, uh, where can they see that? Yeah, just jump on GameHide.com, and uh, you can jump on the website there. Our toll-free number is on there. You're happy. You know, we'll 
we're happy to, to chat with anybody if they want to call the office, but you can see all the products and stuff right at the website. Yeah, and don't forget, you can also follow uh, Game High Clothing on Facebook, too. Don't forget that. Absolutely. Instagram. Yeah. All, 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 all those fun. A lot of great photos in there and, and uh, fun ways to interact. So. All right. You we get working on anybody following us. You get working on that vest, and we'll get out there chasing gobblers with that Olympic. Larry Mack, thanks for everything, buddy. Hey, thank you. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Appreciate it. It's been a good time, bud. You got it, guys. Yep, I appreciate you guys and uh, everybody. Good luck out uh, getting outside, and uh, let's go enjoy it. Yep, Larry Mack, where can they find more information out on Respect the Game TV? Uh, you can go to, obviously, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Respect the Game TV. The page is there. Uh, you can go to respectthegame.tv, uh, the website. You know, shoot us over some questions. So if you got questions about a limited product, we'd be more than happy to answer those. Uh, so, yeah, you know, good luck to everybody this spring. Uh, if you got questions about anything, just reach out. There you go. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week. The podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Over 112 locations nationwide, only a click away at sportsmans.com. And for all your cooler <laughs> options, go check out Arctic Ice, arctic-ice.com, and check out the Alaskan and Tundras. That's our favorite. Till next time, we'll catch you right here on It's All Outdoors with Outdoors Dan and Larry Mack. See you, everybody. <laughs>